Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's CJ. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic day. Uh, it is Wednesday, February the 15th, and thank you for joining and jumping into the live stream. Uh, do me a favor before we get too far into this discussion. Do me a favor and hit that share button. I uh, really need everyone's help uh, this evening to really share this uh, message far and wide. I'm very excited and honored and privileged tonight to have uh, Dr. Kirk Moore joining us tonight. Uh, many of you are very familiar uh, with him. We've been promoting this uh, live stream interview, you know, sharing uh, about his story. Uh, Dr. Moore is a board certified plastic surgeon uh, in, in uh, Midvale, Sandy, Utah. He has been in practice for over 20 years and has worked diligently on creating a surgical experience second to none. Uh, he was born in France and growing up in Italy with an undergraduate degree in political science. His well-rounded perspective have been a key driver, allowing him to view everything with worldly perspective. Uh, when COVID uh, came along, his first inclination was to believe what he was being told and what he was seeing in the news after a very short time, though he realized it was uh, not what it seemed. And we're learning today, as, as many of you, as in regards to you know what is happening, in my opinion, uh, Dr. Moore is a, is, is, is a hero. And he has been a, a testament to, to uh, individual liberty, individual freedom, and really taking a stand uh, against some of the tyranny uh, that we witnessed. So it's, it's an honor uh, to introduce and bring on the stage Dr. Moore. So Dr. Moore, welcome, sir. Well, uh, CJ, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's, it's an honor and a privilege. And, and Dr. Moore, I'd like for you to uh, expand a little bit uh, about your bio and, and your background, if you would, please. Um, yeah, kind of an interesting background. I grew up as an Air Force brat. My dad was a test pilot in the Air Force. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but uh, we, we were all over the world. Um, and through um, my experiences with him, I've been to Pakistan, I've been to Somalia, I've been to Bolivia. Um, and uh, had, you know, just like you said, in that bio had some worldly experience. So I've got a lot to um, a lot of foundation to base uh, a lot of things that I've grown up doing and, and seeing things in a different way, I believe. Um, so it was always been a passion of mine to become a doctor and uh, went to college, graduate school, and then on to medical school um, and uh, graduated top 10% of my class. Uh, I'm an Alpha Omega Alpha um, Honor Medical Society member. Um, and, you know, went on to do plastic surgery, which has been a dream of mine. Um, and then here I am, you know, practicing what I believe was the right thing to do in a time of need. Um, 
and I find myself uh, indicted by uh, yours and my government for doing something that is a um, something that I feel was a first do no harm um, philosophy of mine to take care of my patients without the intrusion or direction or mandate of my government to tell me what I do and I don't need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, just the entire background, the perspective tells of the uh, the quality the of that you are as an individual, uh, the very diverse background. And, and I think in part, in terms of uh, some of the uh, guiding principles, if you will, the philosophy in regards to medicine, uh, could, you, could you expand on that as far as, you know, what that led you to, uh, to believe as far as, you know, you know how you practice medicine, your, your thoughts overall on, on the philosophy, and, and even delve in a little bit into the oath that, that doctors take as well. Uh, Dr. Moore, if you would, please. Well, um, you know, the oath, the, the first part of our oath is first do no harm. Um, and so when you, when you take that oath and you abide by it, um, you've got to take care of your patients to the best of your ability by staying up with the science and staying up with the evidence and, and practicing your craft um, based upon that evidence. Um, it's a travesty to me to hear Rochelle Walensky just yesterday or the day before saying that regardless of what the science says and regardless of what the most recent studies show, she's not going to change her perspective on whether she thinks that kids ought to be wearing masks or not. Well, what is she going to, you know, what is going to be required for her to change her mind and for her to have the CDC come out and say, well, kids don't need to wear masks and which they don't. And we in general don't need to wear masks. Um, and, you know, if the science is pointing to that, what is it going to take for somebody who's supposed to be the leader in that realm to come out with scientific principles and scientific direction um, to tell us, you know, what to do? What, what, what does it take? Um, so that's, you know, that to me is just a travesty. I mean, I, I don't know. Is she waiting for Pfizer or, or our big pharma companies to come to her and tell her that, you know, what she needs to do? I mean, that's what it sounds like. If her job is not to take the science in consideration in terms of what their recommendations are for the rest of the medical community to do, uh, or at least give recommendations, then what is she relying on to make those recommendations? Um, so accurate. And, and if we look today, nearly every effort, nearly every narrative that they built um, back to those days has been proven uh, wrong, ne nearly every aspect of it. Uh, you know, you, you speak about something that, that lies uh, close and near uh, to my heart, and that's, that's freedom and <laughs> understanding truly the ideas of what, what freedom is. And from a, an individual perspective, I think one of those is, is speaking in terms of medical freedom. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the right that the, each individual has to decide their own uh, medical practice, their own uh, ideas of what they decide to do. What, what are your thoughts, Dr. Moore, on, on medical freedom and, and how has that been a guiding principle to you in, in your, your, your practice? Well, if we don't have the freedom to choose what goes in our body, what freedom do we have? That's, you know, your body, your, your body is your temple. And if you're being told by the government that you have to have an injection or you have to take a medication or you have to do something in order to be a contributing member of society or you have to stay home, what other freedoms can they not take from you or can it's it just it ends there. 
Um, so if you have um, a government agency or a government um, that is telling you that you need to do something to your body in order to go to the grocery store, in order to go out, in order to participate in society and maintain a job, have a medical procedure uh, performed or, or travel, um, then, and they're telling you that, and you need to show me your papers um, in order to do that. What, what, where else can it go? I mean, that, that's the end of the line as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I believe there's a, a, along the way, there's a specific code, the Nuremberg Code, that a lot of people are not familiar with, uh, Dr. Moore. Uh, that's something that's very important uh, to, to understand a, a lot of the, the ideas of, around uh, practice and safeguarding things. And could you, could you please uh, break that down for us and uh, for our audience in regards to the Nuremberg Code and what that entails, please? Well, the Nuremberg Code came out uh, what 1947, I believe, um, and it was in response to uh, the you know the Nazi um, the travesty of the uh, of the Nazi regime and what they were doing in terms of um, uh, experimenting on humans um, without their consent, and essentially that's what the Nuremberg Code is. It's a um, it's a set of rules to prevent what happened in the 1930s and 40s from ever happening again. And the United States is a, one of the main countries that signed on to that. I, I, it, it's all first world, second world countries have signed on to that. Um, and essentially, we're not allowed to experiment on human beings without informed consent. We are currently doing that. We are we had. No, we had a flyer out of a vaccine that had intentionally left blank on a 16 by 20 piece of folded paper um, that didn't give you any information whatsoever about what the ingredients were, what it could possibly do to your body. Well, part of it is because they didn't know what it could do to you and they still don't know what it can do to you. They don't know how long it stays in your body. They don't know. Uh, they, they don't know what organs it goes to, or at least they tell us they don't. We have an idea. There are some studies that tell us, and this goes all the way back to 2020 and 2021. Um, the you know uh, Japanese uh, biodistribution study came out and said that the it went everywhere in the body, went to every organ, brain, liver, spleen, but it concentrated in the ovaries and the testes. Um, so it, it's just uh, we are experimenting on the human race right now. You know, I, um, you know, for a long time, having uh, two two uh, uh, children who have been uh, vaccine my you know vaccine injured and firsthand witnessed uh, some of those things. I, you know, I was already at the very beginning uh, concerned in regards to the, you know, the how fast paced uh, this was in regards to uh, the 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 mandates and that were were instilled not only for. Uh, those who were in the industry of health, but those who were uh, first responders and how quickly they were uh, to really enforce some of those those mandates as it related to 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 the vaccines. And, you know, through that, we wouldn't witness some of the definitions being changed in regards to what a vaccine is and what a vaccine should or shouldn't be doing. And and, and I know you have a lot to say in regards to that, Dr. Moore. So could you please uh, share your your thoughts on on uh, on on vaccines and uh, 
uh, how that's kind of changed in the last uh, several years in regards to how the medical community and, and the, uh, the agencies look at, look at vaccines? Um, well, I, I, um, I, I don't have the exact wording here in front of me, so sorry, CJ, but I will tell you that essentially a vaccine used to be defined as a product that you would inject that would stimulate um, a response that would give somebody immunity to a disease, meaning that then they became, or it, it passed on a certain amount of, um, um, or, or it generated a certain amount of um, antibody response, or it generated an immune response that would keep you and, and manage to keep you immune from it so that you wouldn't get it and you couldn't pass it on to somebody else, which is the whole idea behind a vaccine. In September of 21, when they realized that this wasn't doing that, they changed the definition of vaccine to the point where basically it's a product that they inject that generates a response in your body, but it's exceedingly vague, doesn't say anything about immunity, um, and doesn't say anything about your inability to transmit it or to pass it on to anybody else. And so therefore, you know, it, it's weaponizing our uh, language um, to their benefit. Um, and, you know, you change the definition to something, um, you know, they, they think that they're going to get around it. But, you know, in everybody's mind, people know what a vaccine is. People know what an immunization um, is supposed to do. Um, and so they try to, knowing that this is not a vaccine and knowing that it doesn't give you immunity and in knowing that it doesn't prevent transmission, they had to try to change the definitions so that then they could say, well, uh, you know, we, cur we, we meet the current definition. You know, I don't know, October, November of 21, um, a Pfizer vice president from Ireland um, is infamously on in, in the EU and specifically says that they had to move at the speed of science in order to get a vaccine out. What is the speed of science? Yeah. And on top of that, she frankly admits that it was never tested for transmission. Wow. So now you are giving somebody a vaccine or a jab or an immunization um, and specifically telling them that you need to do this in order to get back out in the public. But if you know that it's not preventing you from transmitting it to anybody else, what's the point? What, what is the reason for doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and the denial since that process that there was never any uh, concentrated effort when, you know, people were uh, reporting to the VAERS uh, system in regards to what was happening and, you know, now witnessing what's taking place where now they're issuing, issuing, uh, you know, cautionary advisories against it, but, but the warning signs were, were completely out there and it's just uh, such a shame. And that, that, that pressure that you mentioned to get back into society, if you will, that, that public pressure, the marketing campaign that our government worked with not only individuals, but with major influencers on social media to uh, to push this narrative. Uh, it, it was just so unfortunate. Um, and, you know, Dr. Moore, I want to speak in general in regards to, you know, what took place and what specifically is happening to you, sir? Well, so um, I, um, I've been indicted by um, our federal government, by... Um, well, three agencies showed up in my office uh, about a month ago um, and confiscated my phone and my office manager's phone. Um, four of us plus my business, so five in total, have been indicted for fraud, for uh, allegedly disposing of vaccines, 
um, and uh, aiding and abetting um, and fraudulently filling out um, COVID cards for um, patients that came in to me. Um, and that's all public knowledge. The, uh, in addition to that, they claim that um, I did it all for financial gain. Um, we have all pled not guilty. Um, we are innocent um, of, of doing any of that. Um, and we will fight this till the very end to prove our innocence. Yeah, I mean, in terms of um, the idea of helping, helping families, helping uh, individuals uh, navigate through it, um, I think there is a uh, very much a, a, an oath that you took as a, as a, as a doctor uh, to research, to look out for your, your, your patients and, and their best interests. Um, you know, certain, certain factors that, that obviously play into that. And, and one of those was the, the, the fear that was put out in regards to the entire uh, COVID narrative. We had people time and time again, who were wrong, who initially said that, you know, you, you need to do, you need to take the vaccine because it literally, you know, stops the spread and, and, you know, how quickly that they've been, finally figured out that you know what never mind it doesn't it doesn't do that but they're still reluctant to get the facts out there uh to people in your in your opinion what 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 is your thought in regards to uh covid in in general and and how that played a part to uh you know leverage that to put a lot of fear into people was it because of the tyranny that the government was looking at uh, accomplishing was it that they didn't know what they were doing. What, what do you, in your opinion, what were some of the driving factors in regards to the COVID narratives uh, in, in our country? Well, um, so uh, in, in full disclosure, and I think my bio mentions it uh, very briefly, but in full disclosure, January, February, early March of 2020, um, I didn't really follow this that much. Um, I saw that it was out there. It was part of, uh, you know, my um, kind of the part of the repertoire of things that I was seeing. Um, in early to mid-March, I started paying a little bit more attention to it. Um, I started getting really nervous. I was seeing um, all this, quote-unquote, evidence of this really bad disease. I was seeing the lockdowns that were going on in Wuhan, China. Um, and so I made a decision. I closed my office. Um, I'm seeing 100, 150 people a week. Um, I'm exposed. Uh, my staff is exposed. I'm a single dad. Um taking care of my kids and, you know, who knows what is, you know, what's the next thing to walk in my door. Um, so I, on, I believe it was March 17th. Um, I shut my doors, uh, about a week later, uh, the whole state of Utah shut down. Anything that was non-essential got shut down by the time that happened. Um, so the say 17th of, uh, March to the end of March, um, by the end of March, I was completely on the other side of the fence. Um, I realized that this was nothing but a fear tactic. I realized that it was, you know, it was a cold virus. Um, at that point, I'd heard about Event 201, which was an October meeting of all of the mines and a, um, a simulation of a coronavirus pandemic. Um, and they were following a script. Um, and that's exactly what they did. They followed a script. They generated fear. Um, and fear makes people do things that they might not necessarily do on a regular basis. Um, I started prescribing hydroxychloroquine for everybody, um, according to Dr. Zelenko's protocol. Um, I was having tremendous success. Um, I've probably treated 800 to 1,000 people. Um, 
you know, with uh, people contacting me and then treating all of their family members and their kids and um, parents and grandparents and everything else um, until I couldn't prescribe it anymore when the government kind of more or less confiscated and bought up or or just refused to supply hydroxychloroquine to uh, the physicians any longer. Had pharmacists tell me that I couldn't prescribe it. Um, then I went to ivermectin and they did the same thing. Um, and it was, I, I just couldn't understand at first. And then I couldn't believe that we had a government that was just so in control of our medical system that they would deny treatment to patients that needed it. It was the first time in 22 years. I mean, I, I graduated from medical school 30 years ago in June. Um, and it's the first time in 30 years that, uh, you know, I'm being told what I can't or can't, what I can or can't do as a doctor. Um, and it, it was just amazing to me um, that they would do that. And the secondary thing, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, CJ, is the other people, my colleagues, um, and everybody, how everybody just kind of like fell in line. It was an amazing process to me where how did we all just forget about the scientific principles, the scientific method? How did we forget about, you know, just thinking, critically thinking through a process? And when did we ever think that it was an appropriate thing to not treat people for something that they were coming into us as doctors, as their providers, as their clinicians, and they're sick and they don't feel good. And since when was it appropriate for us to just say, sorry, I can't treat you because the government says I can't until your lips are blue, you can't breathe, and we're going to put you on a ventilator, give you remdesivir, kill 80% of you, and the 20% that survive are going to be maimed for the rest of their lives. I, I just... Uh, it, it's an amazing, when you think back on it and you objectively look at what that process was, um, we have to wait for a vaccine. We have to wait for a vaccine. When did we ever wait for a vaccine on anything else? Yeah. We've been trying to find a vaccine for cancer for over 100 years. We've been trying to find a vaccine for AIDS for 40 years. And all of a sudden, we're going to find a vaccine for a common cold virus in less than 12 months with a novel technology that's failed all animal tests. Just, I mean, again, objectively looking at this, I, how, do, how do we all fall in line? How do we say, oh, yeah, that's the right way to practice medicine? Yep, absolutely. Very, very well said. It, it reached a level of uh, medical tyranny uh, in, in, in our country. That's how I, I label it. It's, it's medical tyranny. And, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to pivot too far off of the discussion, Dr. Moore, but we kind of witnessed the same thing post 9-11. Uh, where there's a uh, something that happens and they 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 leverage certain amount of yeah. of a, hey we're we're going to protect you by uh, instituting all these uh, institutions you know NSA uh, the the you know so homeland many security. Uh, homeland security so many of those and then and effectively they they accomplish somewhat some of the same thing uh, with with the COVID narrative uh, not only not only with the the lockdowns but with some of the uh, state uh, departments of the Bureau of Health who instituted many of these things and they and they went about and, and really suppressed uh, information and, and the truth is coming out and, and I'm glad to see that uh, similar to the the Twitter files uh, where it's it's right. a proven fact that that certain individuals uh, became targets uh, you know of the government that they were working in collusion with with Twitter to effectively silent uh, people and and you know may, maybe I'm wrong but you know I, I believe at some 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 point that 
there should be a debate into the conversation. There should be uh, some productive uh, conversation and talking about what, what doctors are seeing out there. Uh, there's also a thing called informed consent uh, mm-hmm. that, that is very important that takes place. And, and, and I don't recall seeing that I've, I've been to some of the, 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 the drugstores and when this firsthand, basically what takes place and just some observation. And I don't, I don't see that uh, taking place. And most people don't know what informed consent is. Um, do you want to share a little bit about your thoughts on informed consent and, and go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Dr. Malone is, uh, Robert Malone is one of the big docs that's out there talking about, you know, the lack of informed consent. That's been his primary platform, I think, um, since the beginning. Uh, and you know, he's absolutely right. It's, um, informed consent basically means, Hey, I'm going to do this to you, or I'm going to give you this medication. And these are the risks. These are the potential benefits. Um, and allow that person, um, to make a decision about whether they want to proceed or not. Um, and, and that's informed consent. There was none of that. I mean, that, like I said earlier, the package insert was completely blank. There is no, you know, package insert on almost everything else uh, has um, the the diagram, the molecular diagram of the of the drug. It tells you how it's made. It tells you how much is in it. It tells you where it comes from. It tells you all the potential side effects. Uh, gives you you know some of the potential benefits. What the cross reactivity is to other medications. None of that was in here. It, it's it was a just um, it was a total travesty in the uh, practice and uh, implementation of uh, the medical uh, of medicine just yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really feel in the, from the perspective that they're uh, Dr. Moore, they're looking to, to make an example out of you is, is what, what my thoughts are that they are, are looking to, uh, to, to, to punish you and to really say, Hey, look, you know, you step across the line of, of, of tyranny of, of government. This is what's going to happen. And we simply cannot allow that to happen. Uh, not not in a, in in United States where we pride ourselves in in regards to freedom, liberty, everything that 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 institutes. And we really need a, a rally call to. And and already, if you look across the 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 social media feeds, so many people, so many people that are coming to support you, Doctor Moore, saying Doctor Moore is a hero. Doctor Hero, Doctor Moore saved lives. He he has helped so many people. And for that reason, I believe that we need those tuning into this to really understand, you know, what's taking place. Um, you know, this obviously I can't I can't imagine uh, how this has impacted you um, and, and, and your and your your associates as well uh, looking to 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 get involved. So we need to uh, figure out what we need to do to help you um, and your team to, uh, to to fight back against this. Uh, this, uh, these indictments uh, that we know that are simply uh, falsehoods, Dr. Moore. So uh, what, what, what can we do? You, I want to yield the floor to you to talk about what you, know, what, what you think needs to take place, how others can get involved um, to help you and, and your team. Um, please, sir, go for it. Well, there's, there's four of us that are fighting this. Um, myself, uh, two of my employees, and one of my neighbors, um, and we are, uh, we've had to hire attorneys. It's uh, gotten to be an exceedingly expensive process. I mean, we're, uh, I'm, uh, I'm using my own government money against my own money, and all of us are, um, to try to fight this. Um, 
And uh, it's it's a uh, David versus Goliath scenario where, um, you know, they, 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 the federal government has an unlimited budget um, and they will use it, like you said, to use us as an example. And they if they can, they'll use it and 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 try to portray us as the criminals here um, and as the bad guys and use it as an example to say, hey, look, if you guys, if anybody else were to do this, this is what's going to happen to you. We need more people to step out. We need more doctors to, um, you know, put up their hands and say, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Some of my friends and family, um, my mom and my girlfriend and some friends have put together um, a website called Stand For More. Um, it's a website to help all of us, uh, Carrie and uh, Chris and Sandra, to um, offset our legal fees. This is probably going to cost us in excess of a million dollars. I've had some people tell us that it's going to be three to five million dollars. Um, it's kind of interesting, um, you know. I, you know, off the subject, um, Brett Kavanaugh was um, accused of rape by, you know, somebody in California forty some odd years later um, by uh, Dr. Blasey Ford, um, and uh, you know, she's managed to retire um, because of all the donations that she received on her GoFundMe account. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a matter of us standing up. Um, we took a stand to first do no harm uh, to our patients at their request. Um, and we believe that we did the right thing. The American Medical Association Code of Ethics says that we did the right thing. It says that if there is a conflict, and it's written in their bylaws, the American Medical Association Code of Ethics written in their bylaws says that if there is a conflict between the moral and ethical values of a physician and their patients, the doctor needs to look to change the law. Should that not make it better, um, if there is still a conflict, uh, the doctor should choose his moral and ethical obligation to, to take care of his patients above the legal system and above the law. I believe that I abided by my oath to first do no harm. I abided by the American Medical Association Code of Ethics. Um, and my staff and, and neighbor believe that we all did the right thing. So any help that uh, anybody can do and go to that website, standformore.com, give, send, go link is on there or directly to give, send, go and look us up under stand for more will really uh, help us out. I really appreciate it. We yeah, really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Abs absolutely. And, and I fir firmly believe that the, uh, the court of, a, of uh, public opinion uh, is, is, is on your side. And, uh, you know, but, but, but that's not enough when you're, you're, you're exactly right. When you have an unlimited budget of a uh, prosecu prosecuting side that can uh, leverage the resources of the federal government, uh, that, that's very significant. And so we, we need to, uh, to do more uh, to, to, to help. I, I have forwarded your information to a lot of different uh, other, other uh, broadcasts, other podcasters to, uh, to help sp uh, spread the word in regards to uh, putting together your, your legal defense fund because it's, it's, it's going to take a significant amount of people to get involved. And, and I firmly believe, based upon some of the traction that we see on social media with people who are 
jumping into the conversation, people who are understanding exactly what you said is that, you know, you look at your history of, of practicing medicine, you look at your history of, of, of helping people, of, 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 of someone who has the, uh, the fortitude, someone who realizes that, hey, my goal here is to help people. I have an oath to take to help people, to help them navigate through some things. You made a decision that nearly every one of us would have done to, to help people and individuals and families. So, uh, Dr. Moore, uh, closing thoughts as we, we wrap up uh, your interview. And uh, I want to make sure that our audience does me, does me a favor. Make sure you share this. This is going to be kept primarily on. Uh, we probably won't keep this on, on YouTube too long, but all <laughs> the other platforms, Twitter, uh, Twitch, DLive, Float, uh, numerous other platforms that this is streaming to uh, share this, uh, share it far and wide. And let's let's figure out a way what we can get involved to help uh, Dr. Moore. So. Uh, closing thoughts, Dr. Moore, please. Yeah. So uh, closing thoughts. Uh, one is this goes back to just a philo philosophical thing. As I said earlier, you know, I, I treated um, hundreds of patients, a thousand plus, um, and I never got paid. We never took a dime. I, I did it all on my own weekends, holidays, Christmas, New Year's Day. Um, and it was just a passion of mine. I, I was seeing people. I'm, I'm not a primary care doc. I'm not somebody that takes care of, you know, sinus infections and runny noses and flu-like symptoms. But I was having friends, family, neighbors, people that I didn't know coming to me because they knew that I was treating people and they couldn't go anywhere else to get treated. Um, I have dozens upon dozens upon dozens of testimonials from people that I took care of, um, you know, in that, you know, in that vein. And it wasn't, uh, it was the, in no way, shape or form where we looking to uh, make any money on it. I was just trying to take care of people because they couldn't get it anywhere else. Um, and, and that was the driving force behind this. I, I just, I wanted to make sure that people knew that they had a place to go and they could get treated. Nobody, again, as I said, nobody in medicine, or I was never told in medicine that you couldn't treat people. Um, and you're always treating people early. Somebody has prostate cancer, breast cancer. You don't want to catch it when it's already metastasized to the liver and the brain. You want to catch it when it's a small, little, tiny, little spicule um, and you treat it. And those, that's when you cure it. And the same thing goes for a flu. You treat it early. You start, you know, you, you manage to uh, alleviate the symptoms. Then those people survive and they do really well. And now they're immune for life. Um, and so that's, that's what we did. Um, and, uh, we'll continue to do it and I still treat people. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's a passion. It's something that drove me. Um, and I was just astounded by the, the lack of, um, care in the medical community in general, um, for, you know, for humanity, uh, in terms of treating people. Yeah. Dr. Moore, you're a hero, sir. Uh, don't let anyone tell you any, any differently. And we're going to do everything that we can to help uh, support you. Uh, so thank you so much for a terrific interview. And uh, perhaps maybe we can we reconnect and, and, and do this uh, again, sir. Yeah, anytime, CJ. Uh, I appreciate the time that you've given me to, uh, to speak about what we were doing. Absolutely. And for our audience, I want to thank you for tuning in. Again, before you leave, go to the description, click the links, donate. Share it with family, friends, and your network as well. Uh, this is CJ signing out. Everyone enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you.